The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 94. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just, of course, as we start, please make sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media, because that gets us seen by more people, especially those who would be interested in hearing us talk about all things Star Wars. Also, if you could, please, please, please leave us a review. We love to get your feedback, and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts definitely gets us seen also by more people. So please go ahead and do that if you're thinking about it and would like to help us out. Today we are discussing the the second episode of Star Wars Visions called Tatooine Rhapsody. So joining me tonight on the panel are Angela Cialana. Hi, folks. Are you ready to rock? Because I am. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, we all we all totally are. And (laughs) second and finally up this evening is Thomas Sanherjo. Hey, it's great to be here. It is great to have uh, have you on this evening. Um, I hope you know your uh, your rock, your rock history here. Um, (laughs) Oh, no, no. See, so, so this this episode got from my wife. She was like, it's like Gem. And she had to play the Jim uh, intro song. So anybody who doesn't know Jim, Jim was an 80s show that was about a rock band, a female rock band. And um, they had these rivals that were another female rock band. And she was a, a rock singer and a superhero. And it was fantastic. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. J-E-M, Jim. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, but as soon as we got done watching this episode, my wife was like, Oh, you guys have to see this. And so she pulled up the uh, the intro for it, which I remember, you know, knowing about it when I was a kid. I never watched it, I don't think, but I remember knowing about it. And so we talked a lot about different um, uh, shows that were based around bands after this one, which was really cool. It was a good conversation. <laughs> That's awesome. So is the uh, equivalent of the rival band in Star Wars, the the Bith uh cantina band (laughs) which they made an appearance they did they showed up i thought that was awesome well and then you have others too you have the max rebo band so max rebo band was a different (laughs) so there's a lot of actual music musical content uh on screen in the lore that uh is really cool to explore and so Mm -hmm. i love that they went that direction with this um uh and i'll jump into with this this is related but also kind of real world if you go to galaxy's edge at uh disney world or disneyland they've actually created music that's played like in the the um the cantina that is technically in universe music that's nice. being played by the by the <laughs> dj droid so you know they're not just playing your you know contemporary top 10 you know in our modern world songs that 
at Galaxy's Edge are actually playing in-universe music. So, who, by the way, that droid is the droid that used to run the uh, the Star, Star Tours. Tours. So yep. now he's uh, now he's got another position. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's getting paid more for this this next gig of his. <laughs> So, uh, so speaking of all the, the musical stuff, uh, of course, what, what were your first impressions of this episode? Um, the first thing that I wrote down was a hut with a nose ring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then a lightsaber microphone. That was, (laughs) that was cool too. Yeah. I mean, there's so many little cool things, like the, just the way that they translated Star Wars into your typical, like movie or tv show about a rock band um you know teenagers or young adults like trying to find themselves and Mm -hmm. that was very star wars um but i just had so much fun i just i want the t-shirt with this band you know like (laughs) yes star waiver (laughs) i I mean the whole i i could use another i i could use a series about this these guys see and that's what i keep talking about when i keep talking about slice of life star wars this is the kind of thing that I want, right? Where it's like, it ties into all the war. It fits into the universe. Everybody's mm-hmm. affected by this war. So there's no escaping the Star Wars version of it, right? But something that's just, how do these people that are affected by the war live? Like, what are they doing? You know, and that's, that's what was so cool about this to me. was that it was just that, that piece of nothing there's no there's blasters but there's no blasters used right there's Mm -hmm. uh you know there's there's lightsaber but there's no lightsaber used it's it's about people living their lives and just trying to make it by in the crazy chaos that they're surrounded by Mm -hmm. and i and i really appreciated that too uh i kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and started reading reviews which (laughs) um thankfully i had seen it before I read the review. So I, I, I was able to kind of have a unfiltered first impression. Um, and one of the things that, that people seem to, to kind of point out or think was that this didn't feel like star Wars to them. And mm. to be fair, okay. So, you know, if you have an opinion and if, if that's what you think, that's perfectly fine. Um, but I, I tended to see it exactly as you did. Like this is, this is kind of quintessential star Wars. You have, you have a small group of, kind of underdogs going up against java the 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 crime lord and 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 sure it's sort of the the plot isn't very isn't very deep or complex or you know and 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 they save the day by playing their song which okay it sure it could be seen as sort of cheesy i really enjoyed it i (laughs) i the very first thing that i wrote down was i laughed and like i laughed (laughs) a lot and it was it was the good kind of laugh i i went into it without any expectations and that's how i'm approaching all of these so i i'm really avoiding even like the starwars.com like you know these are the five moments of of tattooing rhapsody like i didn't even read any of that and it the the style and the whole just the the rock band thing just caught me off guard in a in a good way (laughs) that i just couldn't help but laugh um, yeah. and you know, and I, and I really appreciated the animation. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's a kind yeah. of a chibi style. Am I saying that right? Yes. Chibi. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Chibi with the, the big heads and the yeah. little bodies. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes them look really adorable. <laughs> like, I mean, yep. <laughs> um, and then as well, I didn't realize that, that this was such a big thing in some anime tradition was using music and musical numbers to kind of convey a story. 
Yes. And so this is, I want to give context here because this is, I think this is really important. Um, the, the whole idea of music being a, uh, a tool to end wars, to bring people together mm. is not new. This is not, this is an anime thing that goes all the way back to the very first anime that got popular in the stage, which was Robotech, which is one of my absolute all time favorites. And they're in this battle with um, these alien invaders that have come in from uh, distant uh, galaxies and they are trying to reclaim this technology that the humans have uh, used for their own. And they find out that they, that these guys have never experienced music. And so the whole, the whole war really hinges on the fact that they can play this music from this one artist that um, you meet through the course of the, the story. And it, just pacifies the enemy and like that it's the the cheesiest end to a war ever right <laughs> but it was the power of love and the power of like uh, of feeling and emotion beating out uh the war and the anger and the hatred and it worked like it worked in this in this series because it was such a long-running series and it had they had bought all of the different steps of like the emotional investment into what was going on and it was great uh, and so like watching this, I really got that sense of like, they're going to, they're going to come out and they're going to like sing the war into <laughs> silence, right? They're going to stop the, and, and when, when he, when they get up on the stage and, um, and, and the little Jedi guy calls out to Jabba, we're here to rock. You. It's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> this is exactly what we're going for. But I think that's, that's so cool because I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of musicals. So like, even in that kind of a context, there's something there's something about music that that resonates with in a in a in a different way than just the spoken word mm-hmm. and and whether or not it's sung or not i mean imagine the empire strikes back without the imperial march like right. it's music music adds a sense of of emotion that just would be lacking if if it wasn't there but then also with with even the 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 spoken uh, or the 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 musical numbers uh, I always I always really appreciate those in, in musicals because they're sort of like they're, they're like an, sometimes an inner monologue of, of revealing a character's progression in emotion. And, mm. and also it progresses the the plot and the story. And, you know, and so so here it was sort of, I guess, in between that it it, it did uh, kind of uh, I mean, it was very instrumental right at the beginning, pun intended, uh, <laughs> kind of, you know, in the middle beginning, middle and end. And and there's there's something about that that I think resonates with with people in a, in a deeper way than just you know the the spoken word. Um. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So and I looked up Rhapsody. Um. This is actually coming from Wikipedia, and I thought it was a very interesting definition. I never actually looked into this, and I felt it it actually fits this episode entirely. So, um, a rhapsody in music is a one movement work. That is episodic yet integrated, free-flowing in structure, featuring a range of highly contrasted moods, color, and tonality, an air of spontaneous inspiration and a sense of improvisation make it freer in form than a set of variations. So I feel like this episode did kind of have it all. You had, you know, kind of the, the initial chaos at the beginning, and you had even Jay's kind of lament in the middle of losing losing Ghee and then the the kind of the triumphant finale uh i think i think that the title is well well fitted yeah that's really cool 
Uh, so we'll go into the to the recap here. Um, this was actually, I think, the the shortest one out of all of them. Uh, but still, there was there was quite a there was more depth than I was expecting as I as I kind of got mm-hmm. into it. So it starts off with uh, we see this this young Padawan, and the the assumption sort of seems to be that that this is like right in the after effects of Order sixty six. And you can even see he's got the little Padawan braid. So that's and the lightsaber, uh, you know, uh, clue clue there as well. And he he falls into this ship and he is confronted by Guy, who's a hut. And he asks, what are you? And then it kind of shifts and we'll come back to that. And so we, we kind of we flash forward then to this this opening uh, sequence uh, with with the band with uh, I'm going to challenge your timeline before we go on too far. I'm going to challenge your timeline. Okay. I think this is happening at the Battle of Genosis. OK, well, so that, that, that could be true. I, I there were battle droids and what looked like clone troopers. Yeah. And so I think it was at the Battle of Genosis because like he's running down that corridor that looks like it's the the droids, you know, where they're the droid stamping facility. And so I I was resistant to it at first because I was like, why would why would a Padawan be at the Battle of Genosis? And then I was like, or why why would a Padawan be in this part of, you know, uh, the attack of the clones? Right. But the battle was huge. There were a lot of Jedi that showed up Mm -hmm. and he just gets separated from his. Uh, from his Jedi Master, maybe his Jedi Master died in the battle, but and he's running away from everything that's happened. That's that 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 setting at the very beginning. It seemed very much like that that spot. So that's where I think this takes place in the middle of all that. I have to laugh because last week I was very concerned about like where in the timeline it took place. And with this one, I was like, it's a Star Wars story. It can just kind of happen whenever. <laughs> So I appreciate the uh, <laughs> the contrasting <laughs> opinion there. Um, yeah, I was I was concerned because where was his master, and that that's what right. that's that's why I initially thought it must have been Order sixty six, and and he he just happened to kind of get away because he fell into the ship. But it basically it happens in that time zone somewhere because then even right. the the what what would be considered I guess present day would be more or less around a new hope because Boba mm-hmm. Fett's showing up and he's not stuck in a Sarlacc pit and, and all of that and dealing with that, but he is still working for Jabba the Hutt. So mm-hmm. it's at least in that, that time zone. But so they, the, uh, Jay does kind of fall into, fall into starting a band and a, <laughs> a rock band, no less called star waiver. And they have this very eclectic group with, with, <laughs> Apparently his name's Geezer the Hut, um, but he's called Gee. So I love that song. <laughs> it's a Grateful Dead fan. That's, that's all I can see. He's, I just imagine like this old slug, like for years, just dreaming of starting a rock band. Like, oh, I just can't find the right people, you know. And then finally, like he's like in his sixties or something, and it's like, yes, now we can start. So yeah. <laughs> I just love that name. Oh, uh, and he's he's playing the the bass guitar, which seems appropriate. Uh, the flaming g- rumble bass. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's not <laughs> just a bass guitar. Come on, 
All of these instruments had like two adjectives attached to them, which was awesome. Uh, yep. Uh, we see uh, a new a new species. I don't know if I've seen him before. Lan. He's he's sort of this three torsoed alien who is perfect for playing the drums because he can basically <laughs> play three drum sets at the same time. Yeah. Uh, we have Curdy, who's uh, a droid playing the electrified dual guitars. <laughs> <laughs> and ooh, no band would be complete without um, the electronic sounds of a, of, of a droid V5 who's, uh, who really wants to be, to be noticed and heard. And then Jay is, is on, is on the, the vocals. So, uh, and, and because he's like, he's like not quite a Jedi yet, but he's got those skills. Like, I love that. They just kind of threw in that not only was his former lightsaber, his microphone, but he can like levitate at certain moments in the yeah. song to kind of like <laughs> add to the performance. So that was cool. Yeah. I, I found the music very catchy. And and I think it's, it was meant to be that, uh, and I and I did I did really really appreciate that. And it's different than other Star Wars music, right? So oh, it's yeah. not the it's not the like elevator music that we hear normally, and the like Max Rebo's or uh, yep. the the Cantina uh, the Cantina band. So. In fact, this might be. So I did watch it both in English and Span or and Japanese, uh, but at least in my mind i the english is kind of the predominant one this is sort of the first english song that that's i've ever heard within within the context of star wars because yeah with mm -hmm. like max revo and all those others it's this kind of alien uh vocals so they unfortunately do not even get to finish their entire set of songs before boba <laughs> fett shows up and uh is tasked to bring in Guy to jabba jabba the hut for execution voiced by tim morrison in english that was yeah. I, I, that was awesome that was very surprising yep. to me yep <laughs> yep um i picked up his voice immediately and was was very excited to to see that and uh so he he does try to try to take uh take Guy into custody and they fight back and this was one of the things that I just again I laughed at. So as they fight back, Boba Fett is knocked into the crowd and inadvertently crowd surfs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like just oh I yeah it was filled with those kind of things that I just couldn't help uh, but but chuckle at. Just want to meet the people that thought of all these things. <laughs> Just high five them like all of your daydreaming paid off. It was great. <laughs> yep. Um, but I was also impressed by the band. They're able to to successfully push Boba Fett back and escape, at least initially, which. Hey, man, this is Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well done. Well done. Star Waver. And their ship is the stage. That was that was pretty cool too. I thought, yeah, and then it just kind like, of folds up on itself. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's like their tour bus and their <laughs> concert venue. It's like very Star Wars garage rock. You know, <laughs> this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. This is like that's what I want to see. Like, I don't want to see the the. the I've, I've seen enough of the ships that shoot at each other, right? I want to see the rest <laughs> of the stuff. Like, what does the other stuff do? You know. <laughs> well, this is definitely a unique one. This is. Uh... Yeah, a ship that's also a, a, a stage for, for performance. 
So they do manage to get away very, very briefly, and Boba does uh, pursue them and force them to to crash land. And that's when he is able to to take Guy, which, um, I mean, Guy is kind of an interesting character because he's acting very unhut like in in actually everything that he does. So mm. even at this point, he is willing to go with Boba Fett so that Boba doesn't kill the other band members. So mm-hmm. he's actually, you know, putting their welfare, you know, above his own, which he's is like not the, something you'd see most huts do. He's like the hippie of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Peace and love, man. Yeah. Let's not yeah. fight. All that fighting stuff is boring. <laughs> I just want to play some rock and roll. <laughs> and... Uh. He's pretty darn flexible and agile, right? (laughs) Just he's yeah, he's 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 a pretty cool, cool hut. Um, So so he does allow himself to be to be captured by Boba and and Jay tries to stop him, but his lightsaber was still broken from his his fall way back uh, um, during Order 66. And um, (laughs) <laughs> he's unable to to prevent Boba from from leaving with D. And this is where we get kind of the the different tone. Like I mentioned earlier, this is this is kind of where Jay is upset and um, doesn't want to abandon Guy. And I wanted to to kind of uh, stop here for a minute because I thought here was was very much a moment for me that I that I thought there was it it was revealing a lot more of what was going on deeper and under the surface. So the band. Um, you know, as, as they are, th- this is what I felt was super star Wars about the whole story is that like this band is together, but they're very much more than a band. They're a family. And Jay sees Guy as, I mean, essentially his brother who's being taken. Mm-hmm. And so he's responding and that's where the emotions is, is happening. If, if he was just, Oh, we picked up this random hut. Who's the bass player. And okay. You know, if he's gone, we'll just find another. That's, that's not the emotions that were, that were playing out. It was very clearly, this is, this is our brother that's been taken. And it prompted me to, to kind of think about how and why those two in particular connected. And so um, in kind of doing a little bit of reading and kind of thinking about this, um, here's my thoughts and pulled from, from a few different other reviews that I was reading as well, but it makes sense to me that, um, I think that when Jay fell into the um, into the ship and met Guy for the first time, there was a moment there where both of them had left something big behind them. So so Guy left the the crime syndicate, the the family of huts that he was a part of, and was sort of I mean venturing off on this new thing all by himself. And I think the same thing was happening with Jay. And even though if Jay inadvertently and unintentionally left the the Jedi Order, same thing too, left behind family, left behind his life that he knew. And when they met on that on that ship, my when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this hut's going to kill him. And then after the second watch through, it was like, oh, okay, no, actually, they're they're sort of they're actually learning that they're in more or less the same situation. And they're both kind of Mm -hmm. bonding in this. We left our entire world behind and where do we go from here? And it led the two of them to, to 
perhaps be the the co-founders of the star waiver mm-hmm. and you get the feeling like when when jay goes back to talk to the rest of the band that that he's not that the, the, that's not just their story but it's every single mm-hmm. member's story right they that they yep. abandon something or that they're running from something kind of that's why they formed this band together another thing that i like about that scene is um when, well when he runs outside is that you know first of all Guy leaves with Boba and the rain, it's already been raining, but the rain pours down even harder. Mm-hmm. And then Guy is, you know, uh, you know, um, Jay is kind of ruminating and he runs outside and he's thinking about it. And then he kind of turns around and he's got his epiphany and the sun comes out. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was also kind of, you know, Japanese anime as well. Like just how... And we see that in other places too, you know, in film and 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 animation. Um, but to kind of see how they use the the weather um, to show us or hint at, you know, what Jay was feeling, um, and also the direction of the story too. So I liked that a lot. And you can see it reflected in his face too, as the as the sun is coming out. He's got this look in his eyes that he's got he's got something in mind for how to how to. Well, I don't know if he knew that he was going to be able to, to save Gee, but at least end on a triumphant note. Um, because right. that's that's kind of where they had they 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 kind of they get back together and uh, we head to Tatooine. And for all of you prequel movie fans out there, this this should be very, very familiar. This was the Moss Espa arena where the, the pod racing in episode one took place. So that was, that was really cool for me to see. Um, and I, to be honest, didn't really think that anything but pod racing happened there, but this makes total sense that this would be a place for, you know, if Java's going to do a public execution or <laughs> host a, a live band or both or, or both, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of where they go and, and, uh, they, I'm they meet sorry. up with me and oh, I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> laughing because when you said like public execution and band play at the same time, the <laughs> word that came to mind was Jabba Palooza. It's a thing. Only in Star Wars visions. Please continue. <laughs> But why only in Star Wars? I want more, <laughs> more of this. Well, we do. We well, we do have seven more episodes, mm. and we don't. They they really haven't said. Maybe maybe there will be a season two of this. I think I think great. if it, if, it. if it gets enough, uh, you know, if if the fans like it enough, it would make perfect sense for them to to do more. And I think, well, so far I think all of us are agreed that that more more would be better. So more is good. <laughs> Definitely more. Uh, yeah. So, so at this point, Jay has apparently convinced Jabba that the to let them play one more song before before Guy is 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 executed, and uh, to just to, to kind of point out here too, uh, we had another cameo. Uh, Bib Fortuna shows up, and he's mm-hmm. the one who's dealing with the handcuffs on Guy and um, is hanging out with with Jabba up up in the the box seats. And so they are able to to play one more song together before this this execution is supposed to take place. And um, 
that was <laughs> again like i said catchy and and the the, the montage uh during the song was actually really cool too because you it it flashed like the moss eisley cantina you see the the bith uh musical group uh everybody's got their their versions of the star wars ipad and they're showing showing yeah. off the the band everybody <laughs> and even and there was a oh go ahead i was gonna say there was a camera droid also yep. that was kind of like you know it was a camera like out of performance yep on stage but i mean yeah, in a similar a vein that we might see like uh um uh, uh a drone or something that that's, right. that's taken video mm-hmm. coverage of of i mean so i just over let's see at the end of july um i went to uh cheyenne frontier days and um garth brooks played out in this huge in the in the arena outside so i mean that that kind of scale and scope is um is something that that i i've physically kind of been in that kind of a situation and it reminded me of that although there wasn't uh drones but same same sort of thing like this this huge outdoor arena that uh where where the band is playing and uh getting all this attention uh and then the other thing to point out of course is Jabba too is moved by the music it shows him at one point kind of thumping his tail along with the beat yeah, yeah and let's talk about the lyrics too because i mean they weren't like a lyrical masterpiece they weren't like you know <laughs> shakespeare or anything but um you know, <laughs> I just thought it was so, again, going back to the themes that we talked about at the beginning, the power of music, right? The power of art. I think that's kind of, that's a very George Lucas thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then growing up, you know, finding yourself, following your calling, right? That's very Star Wars. And these guys were like, we're a band, you know, we're going to be the greatest band in the galaxy. And they were determined to do that. And I think, you know, it was Guy's amazing vision to have the Star Wavers um, that really inspired the rest of them to be a band and to, you know, follow that calling for themselves. And so um, the lyrics were uh, of the chorus were be yourself, free yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't help but think of, you know, how much we've kind of talked about that theme on our show as well, like going through all of Star Wars um, to really be who God has called you to be, you know, and that that will ultimately free you to be as as free as as you possibly could be, you know. Um, So I don't know if y'all had any thoughts on that, but it it might seem cheesy like but if you really think about it it's very very star wars just how many stories have we seen where somebody is tempted to go to the dark side right which is kind of going against nature um and that uh ultimately they're being called to something greater and so yeah i just i wanted to come on comment on that cuz i thought that was important even though it was like in the midst of this, like, really, you know, pop punkish kind of <laughs> cheesy song, but it was fun. But I think just because something is potentially cheesy, it that doesn't mean <laughs> that it can't convey truth. And it, yeah. and it can't, I mean, especially, you know, for, and Thomas, maybe you can uh, comment on this, like how your kids responded. Because, I mean, they that's a message that they could they could hear. 
you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be complicated. It could, it could be cheesy, but, um, Angela, I, I got the same thing. The be yourself part was what really kind of caught, caught my eye. Um, and, and definitely that's, that's, that's Star Wars. So I, I saw that, I saw the, the band as a, as a family being, being Star Wars. And then of course, put it to music and you're probably going to have your kids singing this, you know, in, yeah. in the house. <laughs> Definitely. And, <laughs> and that's a good thing. I mean, even if, yeah. it, again, there's still, there's truth there. So yeah, Thomas, how did well, your it's, kids it's, respond? My kids loved it. My, my kids loved the whole thing. I think the, the, the cheesiness of the animation was great too, mm-hmm. right? The, the cartoony way that it's put together, the, the chibi kind of fat heads, yep. uh, big eyes, you know, smiles and everything was really great but it's also the 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 great thing here too is they they were speaking truth to power and that's something that you uh that's fundamental to star wars right is uh luke going up to darth vader and saying i know there's still good in you right and in defying all of the things that he's done defying all of the the stories about him and saying i know there's still good in you and that's that's so star wars that's hundred percent Star Wars, and it's that's the cheesiest line in the whole thing, right? Like going up to Darth Vader yeah. saying, "I know they're still good in you," like that, you know. And after everything that's happened, um, so seeing them stand up to the biggest mobster in the galaxy, right, and and say that you know they're they're there to change his mind. Yeah, we know that you want to kill geek but we're we're gonna change your mind we're gonna rock you so hard <laughs> you are gonna you are totally gonna let us walk off this stage and you're gonna become our sponsor right yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're, you're not only are you telling java that you're that he's not gonna do the thing he signed up to do but he's now gonna start giving you money <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> but we already know about java too that that he likes that he likes people that are willing to to stand up to him and to you know pull out a thermal detonator and open it up in the middle of the room. That's he, he admires that level of, uh, courage just gusto. And, yeah. yeah. Of, of courage and of just mm-hmm. being there. So, yeah, I think, I think it's a great, it's such a great image to give kids and it's not, it's not that you have to fight the, the power, but sometimes you just have to be willing to put yourself in an awkward situation and, and ro- roll with it, you know? Mm hmm. Well, I think you pointed it out at the beginning that that there were blasters in this, but they aren't mm-hmm. the things that save the day. It's their right. own uh, the the song, but yeah, their own putting themselves out there, their own standing up in courage to to stand up uh, for for Guy and and for themselves that that ultimately is able to 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 win to win job over and and the crowd as well. That's why I love this episode. I mean, <laughs> besides like the super colorful you know fun animation um which by the way i i looked up you know which studio it was studio color colorido mm-hmm. which means rich in color in spanish um so they are apparently a studio that is um committed to helping people be employed in anime and to live a good life doing that so I thought that was kind of neat, just how this episode also sort of mm. encompasses that as well as we're talking about it, you know, that um, it's about helping people to really live their best life by making art, you know, and having that art kind of help make a better world, you know, mm-hmm. so that's cool. And I feel like we've probably said this a number of times on the show, but that's 
that's why we love talking about Star Wars or why, I mean, why we love stories in general is they help us to understand our lives and they can help us to then, yeah, be who we were created to be and to, to stand up for what's right and to, you know, um, find, find the courage like, like, you know, Jay had in this, in this show, we, we apply those lessons to our own life and that's any, any good story. That's, that's what it's going to do. And that's, you know, even if it's, um, kind of done in a simplistic manner like this, it's still true. And and we internalize that and and then try to try to li- to live that out, especially if it's um you know if it's promoting these kind of positive values. So yeah, I I'm very I'm very edified by by this, uh, even if it was only thirteen minutes. You know, it, it's know. Still, it was it was so short, but it yeah. felt like a really it was a really big story to tell in thirteen minutes, mm-hmm. and they did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 really, I mean, that's that's kind of the the, the end of the episode. They uh, the the crowd wants them to to continue to to sing, and and Java Java relents and lets the lets the band stay together, and they they end on on one of their one of their new songs. It's probably, and I, and I I think they probably meant to allude to this, but this is probably the first time that they're going to be able to complete their set, and right. and you know, and and that's kind of that was part of the whole process um i even at that point noticed that that boba fett's head is kind of bouncing into the music too so even even <laughs> right. boba you know had a had uh, i don't know if he had a change of heart he was hired to do this but either way he he likes the music too <laughs> so uh so yeah short short but 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 very good and and deeper than perhaps people are expecting so if you uh if you've seen it and didn't and missed all that go watch it again it's it's short but but you'll you'll get a lot more out of it if you kind of watch for those sorts of things another random um kind of note uh in my in my notes was so so tamara morrison was boba fett in the english version also this is the one that mark thompson was a voice in and he was the voice of lan and so for those of you who who may not know who Mark Thompson is, Mark Thompson is one of the most prominent uh, audiobook narrators for Star Wars. So he's he's actually been uh, one of my favorites for for years. So I think this may have been his first venture into kind of voice acting for Star Wars and not just doing audiobooks. So uh, well done. Well done to him he's, as well. He's actually a pretty prolific voice actor. Oh, my gosh. General. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If he you, does a lot of uh, a lot of dubbing work uh, for very popular animes really okay yeah. so mm-hmm. um i haven't i haven't gotten into all of that but i've been listening to him do audiobooks for like i said well over a decade and he's the voices that he does in the the audiobooks it, it totally makes perfect sense that he would he would jump into to dubbing like that because he's he's really good at it um any other thoughts that you guys had that we didn't talk about regarding regarding tattooing rhapsody um, well, a couple of the other voice actors, so Guy was played by Bobby Moynihan. Uh, of course, Bobby Moynihan, um, famously being in Resistance as well. Okay. Um, one of the main mm-hmm. characters in Star Wars Resistance. And then, um, I, uh, gosh, her name escapes me, but K344, uh, also known as, um, Curdy, the the guitarist, uh, was played by the same voice actress or actress who played Leia Organa in um, uh, 
those short forces of destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say she also did some work more recently as Leia. Um, but yeah, I thought that was just kind of keeping it all in the family there. So that was neat. Um, yeah, something, uh, not related to the acting necessarily, but, um, the dialogue. So again, like very star Wars, they, they threw in punch it and, uh, Mm. I have a bad feeling about yep. this. Yep. Yes. But, <laughs> but I loved that. I love that after I think it was Gee said like, okay, punch it. And then Curdy was like, I punched it already. <laughs> I just felt like that has to have happened before in Star oh, yeah. Wars, right? It's not like, okay, every time you, you get to punch it, just punch it more right uh yeah there was a little home screen as well yes that was great (laughs) Um, my kids were like i thought we weren't doing those anymore and i'm like ah you know (laughs) they moved away from them but you know it's it's a classic (laughs) i'm i'm glad they threw that in there uh the other uh voice actor that i would point out to would be jay um it was joseph Mm -hmm. gordon Levitt. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I guess the only reason that I know him is because he plays, at least from, from my taste, he's, he's in Inception and yeah, um, and he plays Robin in the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. But uh, he plays, I'm, I'm sure, in way more other stuff that I just haven't, I haven't watched. Oh, yeah. Great actor. So mm-hmm. fantastic. Actor. Also in musicals, too, jo- mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So I wonder if he's saying for the song or how they actually ended up producing that i would be interested in reading more about that yeah it would make sense that he did the the actual uh singing as well Mm -hmm. um because i didn't i guess looking at the the cast i didn't see often they'll they'll say like um (laughs) in fact here's a here's a really random uh connection uh tamara morrison does the voice of oh angela you might know what i'm talking about he does the voice of moana's father in the movie moana (laughs) but he does not do the singing that moana's father does in the movie which Which i was really disappointed by Because Tamara Morrison is a musician. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the weird thing about it. So. I really wanted him to be this singer. So, <laughs> you know, something like that, they, they, in the credits, they'll make it clear, you know, this is the one who did the, the singing. And I didn't see any of that distinction in, in this, in this cast. So I assume he did the, the singing himself, which, which is appropriate and, and really cool. Another fun fact that I found out right before this this recording of the show is that um, the internet being what it is, someone has already made a Tatooine Rhapsody one hour video on YouTube where it's just <laughs> looping tat- Tatooine Rhapsody over and over again. So if you love the song, just look up that video and be uh, yourself. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I looked for it on Apple Music and it's not on Apple Music. So I... <laughs> I was a little bit disappointed by that. Some of so I think it's a combination of things that it's really new first off mm-hmm. and then second off I this this episode just got bad ratings. Yeah. Is, yeah. I, I I and I I'm going to attribute that to the fact that they dropped them all at the same time. Mm. And if you're not watching them one off and yeah. kind of ingesting them yeah as their own appreciating piece, them. Yeah, this it, it this will get lost because it seems like we're having like another uh, next week, I think, is another kind of Jedi story. So we've got like this sort of, you know, if you sandwich this kind of thing between a bunch of Jedi stories, yeah, it's going to get lost. 
Well, and, and like the reviews, some of the reviews that I was reading, it was almost like it was more, it was less of a critique on like, um, it, like the, the style or, or anything. It was more that it just wasn't what they were expecting. And, mm-hmm. and it, and it seemed to be that, that some, some people were, were seeing it not as the creators intended it to be. And that's, that's kind of what their issues were with it. And so I think that's that's how we have to kind of look at Star Wars Visions. And, and that was their whole goal with Star Wars Visions was they went to these various different, uh, you know, Japanese production companies so that they would get these different perspectives. And I think you have to be willing to, you know, look at these with that in mind and see it how they wanted to create it and not how we perhaps think it should have been done. And I think that may have, yeah, been a, an attribute to to why it got poor ratings as well i very much agree i think so. it's, i i loved this one i i was i was worried going in because i did read the reviews and this was the lowest rated out of all mm-hmm. of them and so you know we got done with it and my wife looks at me and goes she goes so this is the lowest rated out of all of them and i was like <laughs> yeah because yeah. she really liked it too she loved yeah. it but like my my uh my emotional experience is vastly different than the duel like right. i i left yeah, tattooing rhapsody with this sort of like jubilant sort of kind of happy you know feeling and and the duel was sort of a lot more somber and and reverent and and mm-hmm. and rightly so but yeah if you kind of watch them back to back it's sort of jarring to kind of go from one to the other right so i actually yeah i'm really glad that i'm taking these a week at a time and and i'm not i'm not i'm not jumping forward at all until until this coming week to the next one yeah so absolutely uh, listeners of course if you have any thoughts or opinions on this let us know because we'd like to we'd like to hear your thoughts too uh any any other final thoughts from either of you two i did um i did notice the arabesh on the side of their ship and so you know i couldn't take a screenshot because disney plus is protected (laughs) so i had to write it out on a piece of paper (laughs) and then go like decode it and it says star waiver so in case you were wondering i did the work for you (laughs) good good cool well then i think that wraps up our discussion of tattooing rhapsody uh but before we do our official wrap-up i just wanted to to make a mention to all you listeners that we um the secrets of star wars podcast are quickly approaching our 100th episode so this is episode 94. So in about six weeks, we're going to hit episode 100, which is a crazy awesome milestone for us. And so we are going to be going old school for that. And I'm not going to say anything more about it, but stay tuned for, for that in the coming weeks. But in addition to our episode, we would love to feature you guys, our wonderful listeners um, as well, by letting you email us questions you have that you want to ask of us, both, you know, questions about ourselves as persons and podcasters um, on the show, or of course, relating to Star Wars and our thoughts regarding uh, anything Star Wars related. So we will be uh, reading those questions and answering them on the show in just over a month. So please, please, please send us an email with questions to answer because we love to we love to answer those kind of questions from you guys and we love to interact with you guys. And so if you would like to be featured on our 100th episode, uh, please do so. Um, you can also send us an audio file 
and that would be super cool to share on the podcast as well. So um, if you have the ability to record yourself on your smartphone, uh, you know, saying, saying your question or, or a comment for us, please do so and email us. And our email is starwars at sqpn.com. So uh, should be a good time. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys in the coming weeks. Yes. So that does conclude our discussion tonight. And of course, we do want to know what you guys thought of Tatooine Rhapsody. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? Um, all opinions are welcome. So please let us know what you thought. And you can do so by emailing us at starwars at sqpn.com. But you can also comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media, And you can tweet at us. And we are on Twitter at sqpn. We would like to take a moment now, as we do every week, to thank our patrons to make it possible for who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Father Paul H., Sydney O., John W., S.R., and Joseph G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, please make sure that you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast player. And you can find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just search for that and make sure to hit the bell to receive notifications. And you can find all of our previous episodes by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And finally, we will be back next week as we will be taking a deeper look into the third episode of Star Wars Visions called The Twins. So until next time, Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Arigato gozaimasu. Did I do better this time, guys? <laughs> That's good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. And Thomas Sanjuro, thanks for joining us tonight as well. It was great to be here. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.